0: Welcome Becca and Ryan, who are our panel this morning. Feel like it's parents' (laughs) evening. So the panels over the last few weeks and over the summer, we have been looking through um, our cards. If you would like one of these to have up on your fridge or somewhere, just to remind you, um, we are today are going to be looking at strengthening families. so especially those of us that have got children and it's summer holidays. <laughs> yes, Jesus, strengthen the family. <laughs> it is tricky times. Becca and Ryan, I would just love just. Before we start, to for you to just introduce yourselves and just tell us a little bit about who you are and, um, yeah.
1: Well, morning, everyone. I am Becca. Um, I am a single mother. I am divorced. I have three children who are 12, 9, and 7, um, who you will sometimes see here but sometimes won't, as they are with their dad. Um, we do 50-50 co-parenting um, and... Um, I also lead the Beehive, um, and I'm one of the the leadership team here as well.
2: (laughs) Hello, Uh, my name's Ryan. Uh, I'm married to Elsa, uh, my wife. Uh, (laughs) Uh, I I too have three children, three girls. Um, So that's Hannah, Elise, and Anaya. Uh, we've been coming to church, I think, for past a year. Uh, besides that, uh, I work as a director in Anaya Healthcare. Uh, yeah.
0: Amazing. Thank you. So, I don't know about you. If you Google the word family, it brings up a very specific image of what a family looks like. And family in this place looks very different to that. And the thing that God's been saying to me this week is if we google what family is and that is available for everybody, that's not what family is. This is what family is. So part of this today is just thinking about that idea of what family is and what Jesus wants us to do with that concept of family and how we can move that truth from outside this building on this Sunday today into our communities and say family can look different and what the values around family are, biblically based, not Google images based. Does that make sense? So that's, that's what we're going to think about this morning. So Becca, family for you, you said you're a single mum, you said you're divorced, what does the word, if someone says to you, tell me about your family, like I'm going to do, tell me about your family, what does that bring up in you, head and heart-wise?
1: So I'm really privileged to come from, like, a strong, like, family where, um, you know, my parents are still together, or my, well, my grandparents were all, all still together whilst they were still alive, and, and um, like, we have a close-knit, we have really good relationships. I don't have, like, a huge amount of, like, trauma, which I'm aware a lot of people do in terms of my actual family that I came from. Um, but then the, my, my experience over the past five years has really changed what family means to me. And um, and for a long time, when, when I first separated from my husband, you know, my children were really, really small. And doing life on my own with three small children was really difficult alone. And that was where um, family became a much wider thing to me. And people came into my life who who held me up who supported me who helped me with really mundane day-to-day things but also began to be people that spoke into the lives of my children and, and my life as well um, so family became a much wider thing that was really really important um, the i i do have trauma now associated a little bit with the that word family of what happened in my marriage um which was like really very painful, and so have a little bit experienced the the impact of what that has on other relationships as well. Now in in building those um, those family relationships with people who aren't necessarily blood, who haven't you know al- always been there for me, kind of the how that affects trust and things like that. But um, it's something you have to be really intentional with, and I think you know we we often take our blood family for granted, um, but um, it's that's something that you have to invest in. You have to spend time in just as much as you do with those friends who become like family to you.
0: Thank you. Ryan, how about family for you? What does that word evoke bring up in you?
2: I think for me, um, did, uh, I'll, I'll just share with you, uh, when I became a Christian, something changed in my mindset. Mm. Um, I was Catholic Catholic. Uh, and I accepted Christ um, somewhere, somewhere down when I was uh, somewhere 10, 10, 20 years ago. And what shifted in me? There was a voice inside me that said, um, "I'm your father." Now I came from a family um, very strong. Uh, you know, my parents were they were uh, married for 25 years plus. a very strong family. My grandparents and so forth. And that was a massive change in my mindset Mm -hmm. and so uh, for me to, I I then began to accept God as my father and my mother as my source and therefore when I, uh, for me when the thought come uh, when you ask me about family it's about um, my father, my heavenly father and then when I look at my children, for them to be part of my family, and and as Becca said, the church, um, the church, you know, the people in the church, friends, they began to become part of my 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 uh, current family as such.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So it was in a way, but but it was a restructuring in my mind that the fa- uh, fa- the heavenly our heavenly Father. He's the um, you know he's the
0: boss <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to jump on what you said there you said about restructuring in your mind if there's somebody here who is feeling you know I want to be like that i want i want to for the to know the father heart of god I, I want him to be my father and mother how how did that process happen for you um,
2: uh, I, I i think uh yeah um i think uh, it was it was just um i think when i accepted christ uh, i i just began to um um i was fascinated with that word abba father mm-hmm. and i began to think like you know i've got a great dad a real great dad who i think i i can't emulate him to and and just contemplating on that word father and then the word salvation—that if the God Almighty, uh, you know, if I'm accepting salvation from Him, and if then He is my source, therefore He is the one that created me—and sort of it fit it fit together, uh, you know, for me also coming from a science background mm-hmm. that your father, that cre- the one that created you. Knows you and the one that put you together knows you yeah. and your your earthly father. You know yeah. he is your father, but he was more like a caretaker. You know, <laughs> 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 but it, it didn't go down well when I. But <laughs> 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 well, I well, was learning. You yeah.
0: <laughs> love it. And um, when we were chatting earlier, you um, you were talking about your daughters and, and you were saying, you know, you're their, their physical, earthly father. And then you went on to tell me some other things. So can you... Is that me?
2: Yeah. So, uh, so basically, so with the... You know, I have three girls and I'm conscious about, uh, you know, myself and Elsa, conscious about bringing them up. Mm-hmm. And what, I, what early on I started was two things that... Uh, God, what God had in me. One is that I am their caretaker, mm-hmm. so that puts takes away pressure on me, on being a perfect dad, yeah. Yeah, you know, really on providing for them, and uh, so and sort of it. And I said to them, if they don't do well, then it's my caretaking that has not worked well. Mm-hmm. And secondly, what I what I the thought process what we. Uh, gave them to think about is that we are aliens. Uh, not like real- <laughs> <laughs> you know, not, not not like literal aliens, but but our he- our home is in heaven. Yes. Mm, yeah. and, and we are, go- you know, he is your father. Yeah. So you need something, you go to him. Mm. You speak to him. He is your source. He is Jehovah. He is your provider. He is your El Shaddai. Good. Don't take my words. Or if I have said you you can't do this, or I have in anger I've said something to you, that's wrong. You go to your you go to your heavenly father to Mm -hmm. to bless you and to give you you know yeah. Really good, really
3: good.
0: I love that. I'm going to go home today and say I'm not cooking dinner today because I'm just the caretaker. I wash the dirty pants, but food, no, no. <laughs> Becca, as as a single person in church, what are some of the things that have possibly hindered your positivity around the concept of family?
1: Yeah, that is a good question. There's me, there's many, um, quite, yeah, many facets to it. So. I think one of the first things I should say, and this kind of touches on a little bit what you said earlier, was when I separated from my husband and and divorce was imminent, I knew I was in a safe church for that to happen. And like you said, I know that 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 wouldn't necessarily have been the case in other churches. I I never had a feeling um, that I wasn't going to be accepted because I was divorced in this church. Um, And I, I was just listening to a podcast this morning, actually, where... A woman was talking about the complete opposite experience in church um, getting divorced. And so, so I am I was really grateful to know that there wasn't there wasn't I was never going to experience anything um, around that. The slight other side of it is though that, and I think this is a co- common thing, not just in church actually, but everywhere, that, that singleness is something that's quite easily fixed, fixed, or that needs to be fixed. Um, and that actually, the ultimate way that we should be living our lives is as a married couple, um, you know, and that, that is the ultimate goal in life. And that's it's not it's not what the Bible says either. You know, your ultimate goal is to be here to love other people, to mm. to do what Jesus is asking for us, um, and it and that doesn't need to be done as a couple, like it really doesn't. It is about what we do ourselves. Um, and so I I get lots of kind words from everyone about there's someone out there and the next one will be better than the last one and that kind of thing and actually I just like um my life is happening now I don't want to live in that like point of something that might happen in the future um so so that's kind of something where you feel a little bit like people are waiting for it to happen. And I've, I've been in that as well. Like, it's something I've had to work through myself of the, like, thinking about the future and having to reframe of, like, actually what is now. Um, but, like, so some of the experiences around singleness, I my, my experience is obviously different from some, some other people in the church who are single and don't have children. So it's easier for me to be involved in in family things that are happening because because I have children to take along to things. And that can be quite quite tricky as a single person to be brave to turn up to. Um, another experience I've had is that, that wives are really good at organising the social calendar for the men. And, and I know that there are some things happening within the church where that's changing, but men aren't great at organising men doing things together which can sometimes be a bit alienating for a single man to come on their own too so again that's something that i have read about and experienced which may be one of the many factors of why there aren't many single men in church um but so those are some of the things that i've seen and 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 experienced um in in being part of this church as a single person but my, like, my ultimate thing is be, like, m- make sure you think of the single people. Like, when you're doing something, like, have you thought to invite that person? How, are you thinking, what is that single person? What, what is anyone? It's not, not just single person. What are they doing today? Like, you know, I've just had two weeks without my children. Has anyone checked in with me and said, what are you up to today? Like you know, I know you haven't got your kids this afternoon, what, what are you up to? That, that kind of thing, just check in. Most of the time it might be fine, but it's just that kind of checking in when someone's on their own, that, that that someone else is thinking of them. It's really easy when you're part of a family,
3: mm-hmm.
1: um, a family unit that you spend your your free time together and you've always got people around you and when you're single you have to be so much more intentional about that free time of making sure that you're seeing other people and some of us just like our own space and um and that's really nice as well and that's really important um um but but it's also important that people are checking in with us um
0: as well great it's really good isn't it it's just that it's just having that awareness and also for people to be to be brave and just ask because if you don't ask people, you're already saying they no for them, and they can say no for themselves. So um, when when we were thinking about this coming up today, um, there were a couple of things that that God brought up, which you've touched on, Becca and and Ryan about that whole issue around surrounding family not. Being blood um, and that a church family, we ultimately we are all blood, um, because we're all children of the father. But how how does mothering and fathering peers come up for you? Because I think sometimes we are invited into a space to be that mother or father figure for people around us that aren't necessarily our children. So how does, how does that show up for you, and how does it feel? Just chuck it to Ryan first. Go, Ryan, it's your turn.
2: <laughs> that, that, that's, that's a real good question. Um, because, you know, in church, um, you, have, you, you have... I mean, say, so you, you meet people... And you have friends and family, who you you don't really know,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and there are a lot of needy people. Needy pe- people have needs, and so it becomes a challenge, really, how to if you if you're a father or or a mentor
3: mm-hmm.
2: to a particular to your to another brother or sister. I think the best way I've seen it and with my experience is that we've taken it to you it's just building relations really
3: mm-hmm.
2: you know the way I look at it when I meet another brother or sister in church I don't look at them as another individual or brother I look, them, look at them as another warrior
3: mm-hmm.
2: and so therefore I'm meeting another warrior my, my brother warrior might be wounded he might be hurt and if I've got to give him, I've got to give him what I have in me
3: mm-hmm. so
2: that he becomes strong. So what I look at is that I'm preparing my another warrior to battle. I'm preparing another uh, soldier within the army of God. And that's what makes us that family unit, mm-hmm. you know. So he could have, it could change his mindset. You know, if he's thinking, if there's a particular thinking, and it and it's beautiful because, he, in I've seen it work both ways, where I've touched on a particular issue about uh, father or parenting mm-hmm. or family, and he's turned back to me, and touched issues on um, my anger or <laughs> you know uh, other vul- vul- where we both are vulnerable to each other.
0: Yeah. And on on a practical level, because I know lots of people in this room can understand that, how, how can we protect our heart as well when helping other people? Because we come across people with varying levels of need and attention. And so what practically can you do if you are mentoring brothering someone else what do you do to protect your family unit as well
2: god you've got good questions <laughs> <laughs> you know but they, 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 this, these are real pro, pro, in the sense that once god is your your father mm-hmm. your protector mm-hmm. and you are part of his family you're part of his kingdom uh, when you've blessed another brother or a sister and say if I'm getting the question right, they've taken advantage mm-hmm. of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, s- s- the, the way the the way the enemy would attack would be your mind, your thought process, your emotions, and possibly even your strength. Yeah. Where say if giving is your strength, and they've taken out of you, that's when the word of God comes through because the word of God, the truth never changes. The God's your father doesn't yeah. change. His word says, if someone took seven from you, you'll get seventy-sevenfold, right? <laughs> I hope yeah. I'm right. Yeah. Or, you, or you'll get you'll get that. So at the end of the day, you are still you're still on the winning side, whether they've you know they've taken Eduardo, and and I'm talking through experience, mm-hmm. you know, where another brother has come to me and he said, Ryan, don't um, don't take that to heart. Right now, just forgive the brother. Forgive the, you know, the, your brother and let's move on. Mm. Don't hold that baggage down. They're you know, in church also. And it's, it's in church. So I think it's coming back to the truth that God's your source. God is your provider. That truth doesn't change. Mm. Um, the, the word of God, the spoken word of God will yield fruit. So that doesn't change. So when a situation comes in, yeah, you know, I'm quickly reminded, like even this week something took place and the word of God said, I felt like when the situation hits you in the face, it's at that second you we need to say, okay, my God shall supply all my needs according mm-hmm. to riches and glory. Yeah. No yeah. weapon formed against us shall prosper. And I yeah. think that's something at that moment that changes uh, that, that whole... The, dynamics of that situation turns it around
0: Mm. and it's about you it's about you recognizing that and going there you go god (laughs) please you know sort this sort this out And, and we really wanted these panels to be useful in equipping and empowering you as church family to be able to to go out and and you know thinking about relationships and how people can take advantage in relationships isn't a nice thing to talk about. But the more we talk about how we can equip and empower and do relationships well, the, the more relationships we can have and share Jesus with people. Becca, mothering.
1: Charlotte notes this is a hard question for me. We joke that when I was like, started leading at the beehive. That I needed to employ Charlotte to come and work there to do the people thing because I'm not good at people. Um, but <clears throat>
0: first of all, tr- <laughs> first of all, we just break that lie. Yeah. Um, Becca, tell us how God has moulded you, empowered you, and created a new thing in you to be one of the best people people I know.
1: Great. And I can see that it has changed. <laughs> I, I like. Well I do know that, that is, I do not feel the same as I, I did when I first employed, Charlotte. And I've learned a huge amount from from watching you in how you work with people as well. Um, and you can't you can't be a leader of people without caring about them. Without like. Wanting the best for them, and that's very much, you know, what we're doing in the beehive is we're wanting, especially with our volunteers, we're wanting to see them grow, we're wanting to see them thrive, and like I can't do that just looking at a spreadsheet. So, (laughs) like I, I, much as I'd like to hide there sometimes, Um, and so I think like just that. I think we we talk a lot in the beehive about boundaries. And just making sure that we have, like, really good boundaries in place to protect ourselves, but they're really soft-hearted boundaries, um, where, like, we, like, love people, and I love the people that are in my life and want to see the best for them, and so by... Asking hard questions, asking challenging questions is really important, but no, they, making sure that the people in my life know that it comes from love, mm-hmm. that I love them, that I want to see the best from them, and making sure that that's the primary like, point that 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 people feel secure in that that they are loved not just by me but by Jesus that they are loved for who they are and then within that then having the permission to to ask difficult questions of where people are going to go now how people are going to change how how they are going to step into the next bit of what god wants for them where they want to get to in their lives how they're going to reach their goals and then, and then we can also help get the best out of them as
0: well. amazing the The heart of family from you two is so different, but exactly the same core because it comes from him. and I just would love for you to share anything that God has been putting on your heart that might be for people in the room this morning, people at home. Um, like last week Nick was saying we had the very specific word of a 108 pounds. I've, I've been praying this week and I had a day of fasting as well and God said to me that there's, there's somebody that has, it's really specific, has four sisters and that restoration is needed and I don't know because I'm not God. Um, I don't know whether that restoration is within the four sisters or the four sisters just identifies that person, but somebody with four sisters that God would love to invite you into a space of restoration this morning. Um, how about you guys? What's he, what's he given you over this week? Um, so I think um, th-
1: there's, there's some people, I think it's more than one, who have some real trauma, family trauma that that needs breaking and again needs some restoration um in this room um and and the learning of what what family can look like and how important Mm. family is even if it isn't blood ties and and i think specifically that there's someone with trauma in their life who feels like they have no no family um but learning that 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 family is so much more than that Um, also, think like Ryan's talked a lot this morning about how, like the church family, and that is it is such an important thing. But there are a lot of people who have experienced real church hurt, um, and that can be something quite triggering for people as well. And and that it's um, it's it's important to kind of see. Oh, I, I think. There's something for freedom from, like, learning that you know people in church aren't aren't perfect. We're still we're still people. We we still make mistakes and and some restoration in in loving the church family again with the big capital C church family and and healing in that too.
2: Great. Uh, I think I'll just recap what I, what I shared uh, earlier. Um, that uh, you know. The 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 key thing I think what I what I feel that God when I was praying right there I felt God say that you know He is the Father just like the prodigal son uh, the story of the prodigal son He is waiting for waiting for His children to come towards Him and He's got rings He's got robes to put on His children but it's it's the duty of the of the child to run to His father. You know, and I felt like God say that, you know, that that even if we, you know we would we uh, we come from broken families, we've had good or bad dads, bad family relations, over relations in the church. That the healer is the Father. He is the He is your healer. That He has He is waiting for His children to come uh, so that He will clothe them. He will feed them. He will put the rings upon them, and it's the, and I and I felt like it's the enemy that puts words and thoughts and imaginations and things into our minds, mm-hmm. so that we don't run to our Father, mm-hmm. so that we look to another source. Yeah. And with so much information out there, we 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 don't run wholeheartedly. We, you know, if we run wholeheartedly to the Father and say, Father, you are our Father, I think we, you know, there'll be, I felt like God say that he wanted to invite everyone to come and take the rings. Because mm. I said, well, what, what should I say? He said, I've got many rings, I've got many robes for my children. Mm. They need to come and run and take those rings and take those robes. <laughs>
0: really good, really good. So, yeah. So, I'm going to ask Kat, if she'll come up in, in just a second, and I wouldn't be a good coach without setting a challenge for all of you this week. I would love for you to think about what family looks like for you. Ask yourself that question, what does family look like for me? And then over this week, ask God to highlight the truths and the lies within your answer write it down, say to God, what words stick out to me? Because here today, we've heard two very different concepts of family. And today, I think, is an, an invitation for lots of us to reframe what family looks like, to reframe what our family is with totally with just God at the, at the top. Ryan, just before, before we go and, and we decide, like, we pray for people... Earlier on when we were chatting, you were telling us what you do as a family and you collect, you collect I'll let you share it. But it's amazing. And this is a great way of how you can reframe and restructure what happens in your family.
2: Okay. The, uh, this is something I learned uh, while I was with the pastor. We were church planting in, uh, you know, in London, uh, Steve Tippett. Um What he shared with me was that you know, um, God wrote his word down. So he wrote the Ten Commandments down. His written word is a contract, and I saw Steve always write things down. So I, uh, you know, I was close to Steve only to learn from him. Uh, <laughs> you know. So I, I, I would do anything, like, you know. but, but I, I picked that truth up, you know, and that is that is the fundamental truth that a written word of God. where so I said, okay, we should do the same. So we as a family, um, before the year ends or a month before, we start talking to each other about just three things that we want God to work with us, whether it's our education, our dreams, our mm-hmm. goals, just three things. And then we go to, we write them down. And then we go to God and ask, or we talk about a scripture that we will hold through for that whole year.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And we've seen, I mean you say, you know, I come from a very humble background back in India and I've seen God move year after year. Whatever we've written down and we've taken to God as a family over the years, over the last 10, 15 years, mm-hmm. God is, is just taken place. You know, it's like some of, there, there are like just incredible stories mm-hmm like uh, we were living in Norway and we were living in one of the r- richest places, richest town in the whole of Norway. <laughs> my, my neighbor had a Maserati. <laughs> <you know? laughs> and, but then I heard like God say to me, Ryan, that's the house for you. And I was like, that's impossible.
3: <laughs>
2: but what I'm trying to say, that is God wants to bless you.
3: Mm. That,
2: yes. that, that That truth doesn't change. Mm. That anyone will say, okay, you know, something else. But no, God is a God of abundance. He is our father. And I'm, you know, I'm not perfect. We have same issues, same things about husband and wife, same issues with families, same issues of persecution. Mm. But the truth that God doesn't change. Yeah. He is our, my father. He is my provider. I'm not the great, I'm not the great dad. But I'm a good caretaker, so God. <laughs> I
0: think you are a great dad because I've met your daughters and they're amazing because you're a great dad. So i just got that challenge. What would it look like if all of us at the end of the year sat down just with God and said, right, what are the three things you want me to do? That intentionality.
1: Thank you for listening to Numa Sunday's podcast. For more information, go to newmachurch.uk where you can find more ways to connect with us. Have a great week and remember your are loved.